Oh, I know all I owe. I owe, I owe away. I owe, I owe all I owe, and I know why. I am my way born and bred, and on Iowa corn I'm fed, not to mention her barley, wheat, and rye. Can't get that image out of my head of this huge, large. I mean, it was enormous. Pig. This was a no joke. You're to call that pig fat. It's How a- mean are you? <laughs> I'm sure it's a very nice pig. You know? I mean, look, the pig worked really hard to achieve that status of fat. It's not like it's unknown to the pig how fat this pig is. Like, he's, he can't stand. I feel like that pig is capable of shame, and the you're goal. shaming it. <laughs> you're just going to go in, and you're going to shame the pig. The goal of that pig, the reason it is featured here at the Iowa State Fair, is to be the fattest pig. It's not like, you know, it's, it's broad shoulders, or it's, it's height, or it's jawline. This message goes out to the largest pig at the Iowa State Fair. I respect you and I see beyond just your absolute heft and, you know. As if heft is somehow more PC than fat. <laughs> so for folks who folks who are just getting here, we went and we, we, we took a little tour around the fairgrounds. Uh, we had our competition, who could eat the most animals in 10 minutes. Right. Uh, we went and we saw the largest, I'll say largest pig. We went and we saw the largest bull, which, I mean. Wait, so you've conformed to his censorship? I mean, it, I mean it's not a fat cow. Unbelievable. It's not a fat cow. Or bull. It was You're going to call it the fat cow? Uh, no, the bull. Okay, so Smug, Smug, just for the listeners here, can you run back through all of the animals you That's ate? Right. Okay, so we, we just completed our contest. It was me, Duncan, and Holmes. We had 10 minutes to eat as many animals as possible. There she is. We got the governor. We'll cut and delete. Governor Kim Reynolds. Uh-oh. Oh, my gosh. Uh-oh. What do we have here? It is a Chuckie's pork tenderloin. Oh. It is to die for. Oh. I want it. Let's go. <laughs> wow. This is Let's amazing. Go. This is amazing. This might be Incredible. the best one we have yet. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. Governor Woo. Kim Reynolds, everybody. Woo. Oh, wow. Well, I, I want you to see the size of it because I'm going to tell you, I just had I just had one and a half and some waffle fries. Okay. So you, so eat, you ate one and a half of these? Yeah. For our listeners here. My grandsons because, you know, we don't waste food here at <laughs> Pulling out. Wow. Oh, look beautiful. at that. Oh, my goodness. That's a beautiful sandwich. Oh, wow. It's, I strongly recommend it. That okay. looks amazing. Duncan, you should get started on that. I'm taking a bite. On that. Let's go. You should get started Let's on that. Let's go. This is we a will, beautiful. If you want to put those, uh, those headphones on, we can wait for you to get situated. But if you don't want them, you don't need them. I, okay, I won't wear them. You don't need them. I don't them. need them, right? No, what no. What do you think? What do you think? It's great. <laughs> Guys, you got to fucking have this. So it's, it's pork tenderloin. Eat some. Eat some. Infu- injected it, it, with butter? Injected with butter. Okay. And then deep fat fried. <laughs> it's so good. I can do about a hundred more foods too. I mean, listen. It is so incredible. So, so we just did. We just took about an hour. Oh, okay. And we walked through. So, am I kidding? Right. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. That's a winner, right? Yeah, there. it's good. Mm. That is a winner. I had one my first day at the fair. I'd had one of those by ten o'clock, and then I went to straight to uh, pork belly on a stick. What chick- <laughs> I thought it was a little aggressive, but hey, you know, it was great. What Chick Fil A does for the chicken sandwich? <laughs> This is done for the oh, pork hey, tenderloin. that's true. Yeah, I think true. he's right. You are right on. You know, on. if they had a fast food chain that sold that, you know how many pork? A million. Oh, I mean, you just go million. through it all. Holy smokes, we need to market that. <laughs> when are we going to open up one of those? 
pork, yep. pork fillets Patton, or something. Patton doing it now. So we just spent like an hour walking through your incredible fair. Beautiful. We Welcome have... to the real world. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Glad to be here. This is America at its best. It really is. I am is. not kidding, right? It really is. I know. We had such a blast. We had a little bit of a contest. Okay. We tried to see how many animals we could eat. <laughs> I love you it, already. Yeah. It, yeah. In 10 minutes. <laughs> you are my people. Yes. Right. In a 10 minute period. And uh, Smug cheated. Smug cheated. Cheating. Immediately cheated. Wait. I just had a friend go retrieve them for me. Oh, well, yeah. uh, it's resourceful. The governor allows strategy. it. That is called strategy. The governor yeah. allows it. I get it. We didn't explicitly ban it. The <laughs> governor said it's okay. So I guess he wins, but how many did you get down? Six animals. Whoa. I so had, tell me real quick. Okay, so right here, JR's, they had fermented shark, number one. Okay. Oh. I had shark. Also, right here, grabbed a piece of bacon. Pig, okay. that's number two. Okay. Shark, pig. Turkey leg, number Turkey. three. Okay. Chicken fajita, chicken number four. Chicken, okay. Now, here's the kicker. Okay. Rattlesnake sausage on a stick. Okay, I have not How was it? <laughs> Was, I, I expected I wouldn't like it, and it was decent. Okay. It was decent. I'm a little, I'm a little hesitant. I don't mean any, I don't mean to disparage it, right. but but I, I'm going to do it before I leave. But well, uh, it was, was it, it was gamey? Okay. Was it gamey? Was it so the, huh? number six was the venison on a stick? But that because uh, I'm going to get it. The, yeah, okay. The I know you have a, to, right? The venison on a stick is more gamey than the rattlesnake. I was surprised. Wow. Foldy asked me like well, after I like took a, a bite of each, I was elk. Like, elk. 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 Oh, and elk is not as gamey as like deer. Right. right. No. Oh, it, it's yeah. More, it has a more gamey. Yeah. So right. rattlesnake was yeah. not gamey. It was delicious. So Ooh. as you can see, we've been busy. I know. Okay. Yes. Good. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't want you to think we we're blowing in and blowing out. Okay. Of well, we're I'm happy to hear time. that. Awesome. We saw the big pig. Oh. Hey, that wasn't. That's another must see if you come back. You know, we do fun things when they weigh in the big oh, yeah. boar. Wow. I mean, yeah. the fact that those oh, yeah. things can get up and walk. So that's their question. Yeah, they so do. That answers they the question. Do. They can walk. It was very slow, but they, I said, you know, and they're kind of intimidating, but I did feel that I could outrun it if I yeah. had to, so <laughs> I, I felt fine, but I'm, it is, it's a process. It is a gigantic. To get him on the scales and to get him weighed and, and then to run the next one in. There was about seven of them. So. I feel like you need, you need a, like a way station on the highway for like, yeah. one, you know, one of those trucks. <laughs> Seriously, you put two or three of those and you're not going to get down the highway. Way. Yeah, oh, right. flatten your tires. Yeah. yeah, incredible. So anyway, thank you for the hospitality. Thank yeah. you for the amazing everything. Let's talk politics for a second. Okay. Because while everybody's been sorting through a whole bunch of different things, yep. you've had an incredible amount of success here on a we number have. of different fronts. Yeah. We've been talking to everybody. First of all, the unemployment rate, the economy. One of the few states that has not run into significant trouble post COVID, right. trying to get going again. No, because we kept things that. open. Yeah. We uh, we chose freedom over lockdown. Yeah. We chose, uh, you know, personal responsibility over mandates. And because of that, we entered into um, the pandemic in a really good place. Conservative budget budgeting practices. Our fiscal health was good. We've got a diverse economy. So we entered in good. And because we kept our faith in the people and 10% of the nation's food supply comes right here go. from this amazing state that you are in, That's Iowa. Wow. And so we needed to keep that food supply chain going. That's and right. we did. And the supply chain that supports that. And so... We are coming out really strong. Fastest recovery in the country, according to Wallet Hub, right Let's here go. in Iowa. That's awesome. Number stuff. one state for opportunity. Yeah. It's here, you know. Build I the dreams, it. build it, and they will come. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah, build the dreams yeah, game. Did you go to cool. that? I did. It oh. was oh, so wow. perfect. Wow. Oh, perfect. I mean, there's not really words. I mean, it was just everything great about Iowa. Totally. The field, the corn, the sunset, the game. It was incredible. I was so proud. And I got my picture taken with Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I ran 
rounded it out pretty good. Nice. My, my pair of jeans I'll never wash again. You know, I got to sit right by him. Yeah. And so that was your seating. You yeah. Next to no, 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 no. I, I, are you kidding? I was stalking him, so I made my way down to the bleacher behind him. But yeah. he just said, which is so true, because I was so proud. He just said, "You've got to be feeling really good right now as the governor of Iowa." Oh wow! Yeah. And just and I said, "Oh, I am so much." And I said, "Everybody that I met that was out of state just said how friendly the people was, how beautiful the state yeah. was, and that they just appreciated being there." And I so I said to him, um, when I got ready to go, I said, "Hey, I'll see you next year." And he said, "Oh, you're aggressive. I love that." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. There definitely should and be. Coming they're yeah, coming back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that should be an annual thing. Oh, you know, they do sure. hockey outside in the big stadiums. Yeah. There should definitely be an annual And game. why yeah. wouldn't you? You know, highest ratings in more than a decade. How about that? I thought it was really a great reset for baseball, yes. to be really totally honest. Yeah. It needed yeah, they it. they needed it. It needed it. And so they should be grateful and come back and yeah. continue to do it, right? Governor, and, and all the jobs you saved, I think Rob Manfred should be included in that <laughs> because the <laughs> Major League Baseball commissioner has not had a great summer up until this yeah. point. But no. that was I agree. A, yeah. That was a huge deal. Yeah. Um, um, so, but you've quietly done a bunch of other really important oh, things yeah. too, right? So, like your election integrity yeah. stuff. Yeah. Tell well, so we that. led the nation on that. Our yeah. legislature, honestly, was the first uh, legislature and state in the country to pass the election integrity bill. And we've passed uh, uh, election reform three out of the last four years. We've been working on this. We have one of the most secure and safe elections in the country. And here's what I want your listeners to know. You know, don't pay any attention to what they're saying because every single election 2018 primary for 20, general for 20, our voter participation turnout set another record so oh, it's not it's not suppressing yeah right turnout it's actually working <laughs> and they're safe and secure hey and i want to say something else we led the country in getting our kids back in yeah let's go hey, right? how, how happy are you that you're in school and no mask <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have so many kids just like this and moms that have come up while I've been out here and literally just hugged me and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, it's all worth it <laughs> yeah, at that point, Yeah, stay strong. Right? Yeah, I yeah, know it. For yeah. those of us who live in blue states, we've yeah, had to I'm suffer. Yeah, I'm sorry. I feel sorry for you. Uh, yeah. Seriously. Yeah, well, well, I guess need to come on down. <laughs> we always have the option of moving, right? Um, well, look, and it was, while we're talking about schools, you also make sure, like for those of us in blue states, it's enough to have them open, but when they're open, they're teaching them all the wrong stuff. Yeah, yeah. we banned uh, CRT. Yeah. Wow. So we, yeah. we got that done this last legislative session as well. And, you know, it's just, it's not about not teaching American history, but it's not about, it's about not indoctrinating our kids, That's right? right? That's right. With hate. And so we're really proud that we were able to do that um, as well. And, and, and the other thing that we did in our state, what I'm really um, proud about is I was proud to sign the Back the Blue uh, to uh. give our men and women who serve in law enforcement the tools that they need to keep um, Iowans in our community safe. And we said, you loot, you riot, you block a, an interstate, guess what? You're going to pay a price for doing that. And uh, I'm really proud of that. Man, so. that's just so great. See, here's the, this is the stuff we're talking about. Yep. You know, while the rest of the country is looking at all of these states that are operating with just total yeah, Like gridlock. in New York, the, I mean, the crime is up unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's violent crime. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, right? We're not right. going to let that happen here. No. I mean, it's moms and dads and people want safe communities to live in, and it's a, it's it's something we can tell. You know, yeah. come here. We have wide open spaces. We have low cost of living. Your dollars go so much further. We're, our schools are open, and our communities are safe. So I think we have a great story to tell. And I mean, I see it today it. in Iowa, folks. It's, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. It's, it's great. Right? It's great. It's and, right? and wonderful. It's amazing. And so, so much of what we do on this podcast, we, you know, we're talking about what's happening in Washington or in the Capitol. 
and I've said this before on the pro- the best thing we we do with our guests is bring in people, governors in particular, who are leading in the states. Yeah, that's right. You know where Washington is is broken and we can't seem to get anything done. Nothing. You just tick through five things saying we're doing it. Those are like massive things. Yes. Massive yeah. things. Right? Right. I mean, right. We put a hundred million into broadband um, yes. that will leverage millions of dollars. I mean, I, wow. I'm only giving you like a third of the yes. list. We had an incredible <laughs> legislative session. I am yeah. not kidding. Well, we had Jack Whitver on earlier. Oh yeah, he was he's telling a great us, partner. He's great. He was yeah. telling us about all the accomplishments that you guys have had. You've yeah. obviously amplified that too. Let me just go take a step back because one thing that we've talked about with every guest is the fact that Iowa is basically gone from a blue state to a red state. And not only just that, but with energy, it's done it, right? I mean, it's an incredible story. You've yeah. got talent up and down the ranks. Everybody's excited about being a Republican. Well, you got so many states out there navel-gazing, trying to find, oh, who's our next candidate? Let's try yeah. to find something. You have like seven deep yeah. at every we position. We have a great bench. And I got to think you're a huge part of that, Governor, because with your tenure... We have really come into our own. Yeah. I'm so proud of those that step up and, you know, put their self and their family on the line to run for office. We've got a lot of women that are running for office now, too. And one thing I'm really excited about, so this goes to the bench comment that you just made. We got a lot of angry moms that are running for the school board. And dads. And I think we've all seen just how important local government is right now. Yeah, for the first time in a long time. We kind of, we took our eye off the ball, I think, a little bit. Kind of took it for granted. And so that is, that's, you know, you start there. I started in local government. I was a county treasurer. uh, Then I served in the Iowa State Senate, lieutenant governor, and then governor. I was in the private sector before that. So I have a little bit of private sector experience, too. So were you always into politics? No. Or did you wake up one day and you're like, I got to do something? No, it was just a long and winding story for me, but um, like Governor Branstad will tell you, like in third grade, he wanted to be the governor of the state of Iowa. I can assure you, I was not that girl in eighth grade. I, I wasn't, but I love I love public service and I love getting things done. I, I really do, I, and that's what I love about being governor. You can get in there and you can drive a year like we just had yeah. and really get things done and really make a difference and start to see you know what that looks like. Exactly. You can see the difference that it makes. I would just would drive me crazy that stalemate. Yeah, um, you know, and we got a lot of this done. You're not going to believe this with bipartisan support. So, wow, you know, they see a good thing. You know, I mean, even I'm they just oh, have to yeah. close their eyes and say this is a good thing. I'm, I'm going I, for I, it. I do believe it because you know you walk around the fair, you can't find anybody in a bad mood. No, right? No, they're everybody's so happy. It's so, open. Everybody's greeting you yeah. and thank you yeah. for being here. The energy is good. Don't That's you think? Right. The it's fantastic. Is really good. The energy is incredible. I'm the a people. little bit of a cheerleader, so you know. <laughs> I mean, I've been known to get on the table and rah rah to get them fired up because you got to keep that going. You got to want to keep them engaged and have them feel like they're part of it and that they make a difference by really being a part of the team. Yeah. You know, so that I think that's important too. So, what's your sense of the grassroots here in Iowa? Because Obviously, we all had a, uh, you all didn't have, you had a very successful election in 2020, but the nation writ large, Republicans, you know, we don't have the House, the Senate, or the presidency any longer. And so there's a, a tendency in a lot of states to look like, what's next? Now, yeah. you're in a better position in that you've been building all along. Yeah. I mean, they put a, they poured a ton of money, you know, for Joni's race. Yeah, totally. Yep. Uh, I mean, second, third highest before the um, Georgia uh, re-election. So, I mean ton of money and she killed it you know she won by what eight percent something like that uh they had a a ton of money come in and try to flip the iowa house we picked up six seats so wow we're motivated and you know what we've done every year we've we've won we took the majority back and we went in and followed through with what we said we would do and then we're on to the next thing and people like that yeah iowans get things done 
and they expect their elected officials to get things done and they expect you to follow through with what you said you were going to do. You can't say that and then go in and just, you know, like, oh, hey, I, I made it. I'm good now. I'm right. going to just sit back and enjoy my time. <laughs> it's not what we do. It's not who we are. So have the, have the parade of presidential aspirants come uh, calling yet? Already. They're starting to make their are way they? through really? Iowa. We, oh, oh okay. my goodness. It really never stops in Iowa, but I have to tell you, I, we love that, you I know. Bet. I it's great for our economy. So, yeah, you yeah. know, we want them coming, and and they really, it's a great way to test the message, and to kind of test your ground game, and so it really helps, I think, as a candidate, because Iowans are very, um, not very knowledgeable on the issues because of our yeah. first in the nation status. So they know the questions to ask. They're engaged. They're not afraid to ask. And they're, and they're perceptive, little, and they, they know a fake, and and they no. yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's a little the, bit snotty too. Well, and I don't mean snotty in a bad way. Right. Snooty, I think is the word I mean. Oh, that, that didn't come out right. But <laughs> I, I, Iowans, I didn't mean that. But but they expect to see you. Yeah. They want to shake your hand and ask the right. question. That's they, what I meant. People <laughs> have to do the retail part of politics. That's the greatest thing My about coming to Iowa. <laughs> I think she meant discerning. Discerning. Yeah. She meant. I Very discerning. Discerning. Uh, in context, it was definitely discerning. Now that I think about it, but um, but you you point to that and it's so true because you're not going to get an ad that's going to convince an Iowa voter, right? You got to no, get out there. They want to right. hear. They want to look you in the eye. Yeah. I mean, we are as authentic as it gets, and they can smell somebody that's not. Which is a real advantage during a COVID year when Democrats were in their basement with three masks, right? Yes, we were knocking on doors, and people would be like, oh, it's so great to see you. Yeah, right, right. How are you? Do you want to come in and visit? You know, I mean, yeah. it was, as well. We were out. Yeah. Working. One-sided working. retail politics. Yeah. Right? I'll, I'll in credit to Iowa voters where uh, ahead, in, in the Democrat primaries, Kamala's pulling so bad ahead of Iowa, she just ended her campaign. She didn't. She ended it here. So she didn't go very far. That's incredible. Sad. Yeah. Yeah, she did not connect. Well, it's the whole authenticity. Yeah, it's a little bit of that. Yeah, Yeah. I think that had something to do with it. It seems like she, when she took her like fourth position on Medicare for all in the first two weeks, it was like, I'm not sure this is going to cut it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure this is going to cut it. So we got three big questions that we ask every one of our guests. Okay. Right, and this, I have a feeling you're going to do great on this. (laughs) Um, First question. Okay. Your last meal on earth, Governor Reynolds. What would it be? Okay. Um, well, Iowa steak. Okay. Medium rare. Nice. French fries, onion rings, and cheese balls as a yes. side. Okay. Yes. Nice. There you go. Because <laughs> if you're going in, you're going in I'm sideways. going in just like I did the first day. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Any particular cut are we dealing with, like a strip or a filet? No, or? just probably ribeye. Oh, ribeye. Yeah. Yep. Solid. I can't ribeye. That is really, really good. I thought I knew the answer, uh for that question for myself until I had this sandwich I know, I know, that you I brought know, me. I know. Now Butter I want this injected. to be my last meal. What a great idea. I mean, that is genius. That's incredible. Genius. So you're good. guaranteed tender, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, second question. Okay. If you were never into politics, if you're okay. never into public service at all, okay. what would you be doing with your life? Uh, Kevin and I have three daughters. At some, time, at some time in my life, when I'm done with this, I want to be a small business owner. Yeah. Um, so, And I, I have three daughters. I've got one that is a small business owner who opened up an events planning business the oh. year of 2020. So, oh, wow. you know, when wow. you talk about, yeah, not good. Perseverance and yeah, perseverance and dignity. But that's what I'd like to do. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. That's great. That's a good answer. And you've done a heck of a lot for small businesses around this state. So it's it's... On your watch, that that would be an easier endeavor whenever yeah. you're done with politics. I hope I, I know the ins and outs and how to maneuver through it. Yeah, yeah. right. At this point, right. If anybody knows how to cut red tape, it's the <laughs> governor. Um, all right. So third question. Yep. What motivates Governor Kim Reynolds more: the thrill of victory 
or the agony of defeat? Oh, thrill of victory. Yeah, you're a half full. <laughs> uh, I, I am very, very competitive. I love to win. Um, I'm, I won't be outworked. Uh, I tend to be, honestly, you can ask my team. You can ask my husband. I tend to be the last person to leave any event, and I've been that way since I've been little, and it just it drives my husband nuts. <laughs> he will be out sitting in the car waiting for me to, you know, end the night. I love um, it. But, but that's definitely what I love. I'm very competitive. I, I, I love the challenge. So yeah. that's what motivates me. Well, listen, I think the Republican Party would be well served if they had more of Kim Reynolds on the national <laughs> I mean, stage. It's yes, amazing. Let's learn from Iowa. What accomplish here in Iowa. Thank right. Thank you Thanks so much, Governor Kim. Governor Reynolds. Thank you. Thank you. We have great sponsors, by the way. Priorities for Iowa is sponsoring the program. You know what the tagline on this, is on this sucker? Huh. You're going to love this. Owning the libs and driving them out of the heartland since 2014. Hell yeah. Perfect. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Priorities for Iowa. I love it. I want to welcome to the program a guy that I've known for all about 15 seconds, and I love him to death. Uh, the chairman of the Iowa Republican Party, Jeff Kaufman. Welcome to the program. I appreciate it, and you'll find out soon enough I am a legend in my own mind. <laughs> Listen, well, you're personable as hell. I'll give you that. Uh, and you know how to win elections. Yeah, I- I mean, we were doing okay here in Iowa. Where things are doing very, very well. I'm still not prepared. I, I literally am not prepared yet to say Iowa is deep red. I still think we're extremely purple. We're reddening as we go. But I mean, we, we're going to have some. We're going to have some races here. Yeah. Uh, next year, we are ready for those races next year. And uh, but uh, we got uh, nearly a supermajority in the Senate, uh, in our state Senate. Our state house has 59 members in it. We got five of our six federal delegations, and we got a governor everybody loves. I mean, it's not so long ago that the reign of Tom Harkin and the progressive Democrat was all over Iowa. But it seems like, I mean, you all have had a lot of success here. Things are going better. And I tell you, there's a lesson there. And I really, I really believe that we showed, especially in that last election, Iowans can't be bought. I mean, they tried to buy the yeah. Joni Ernst seat. And just, you know, you get somebody coming out of, you know, coming out of a, a large city and, you know, they've got 17 different hues of color in their hair <laughs> and they're coming and talking to you about some kind of progressive issue. I mean, these people around here don't care about that unless they're off their rocker. They're not going <laughs> to vote for you anyway. They want to hear about bread and butter issues. Yeah, real stuff. And, and even our even our millennials and our young people, they get it. They understand. Yeah, you that, can't fake it in Iowa. No, you can't. I, I'd like to, I mean, I kind of fake sometimes that I'm knowledgeable but other than that for the most part I think we're real here and I think that comes from decades and decades of being first in the nation yeah we are up front and personal with every single person that's, oh, that's a really good point the Iowa caucuses and you, you get this in New Hampshire too there, there's a certain retail level of education that voters have that can't be replaced their TV ads aren't going to cut it I agree right I agree. they get, need to get to know people a little bit and you've had great examples like Chuck Grassley. Chuck Grassley is, I mean, the guy still, I mean, the guy at his age right now. It's incredible. Can, I mean, literally, and I, I don't mean this as a metaphor. The guy can outwork me. Yeah. He can outthink me. He can outrun me, clearly. You're probably noticing for your listeners there. I'm, I'm about four months pregnant. Um, and that's all McDonald's hamburgers. That's not even beer. But, the, I mean, the guy is ready. I I'll tell you, if he runs again, I'm telling you that he will keep up with any senator in Washington, D.C. I completely agree. We had him on the program several months ago, 
And man, he was breaking things down sharper than anybody in the Senate. He was at the top of his game. If he decides to go again, I have no question he'll win. And I think he's going to be hugely productive for what I'm predicting is a red wave coming in 2022 where we're going to take back the House and the Senate, set the stage for 2024, which I know is what you're up to here too, trying to look at 2022. How's he, how do you think it looks? You feel like you're, you're in a good spot? I think it looks really good. And I, I, I tell you right now, the RNC and the NRSC, the, the Senate yeah. arm, uh, as you obviously know, given your past life, uh, they, are, they are already investing dollars here. Um, the road to the majority in the Iowa or in the uh, Federal House of Representatives, I mean, it goes through our third district here with yep. Cindy Axney. I truly believe, and this isn't pie in the sky kind of stuff, I truly believe we can go six of six here. If Iowa can deliver four Republican congresspersons mm. to Washington, D.C., Kevin McCarthy is going to be the next Speaker of the that's House. That's 100% can right. finally check this craziness yeah. that's happening from Pelosi and AOC and the rest of that crew. And, of course, we got to keep our eye on them trying to steal something from Miller Makes again. Good Lord. How about that? I mean, what was the reaction you had to all that? I mean, I know what our reaction in D.C. was, but, I mean, on the ground here, it had to have been just mystifying. Un- unbelievable is what it was. You know, a couple of things about that. I, I was... I actually endorsed Miller Meeks the first of the four times that she ran. So I've, I've been with that lady. I mean, wonderful, wonderful story. Medical doctor, lieutenant right. colonel in the army, uh, self-made lady, just terrific person. But every time it would go to a county that had a Democratic auditor, and then they in the recount that they ordered, they would she, Miller Meeks would lose a few votes. And her opponent, which was, uh, for all practical purposes, Nancy Pelosi, this real hard, didn't have a clue what she was doing. <laughs> she was a pawn in a big national game here. Yeah. And they would, you know, of course, you got to discern what the voter's intention was. Right. And so they, and they would, they, she would constantly, her lead would shrink. She officially won by six. In reality, she won by at least 100 votes, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. That thing stunk so badly. Yeah, that did. was so corrupt that there were national Democrats that started to pull back. You they know did. And, and guess who didn't? The only Democratic uh, congresswoman in Iowa, or congressperson in Iowa, never said a word. You could have heard crickets. Yep. And, and, and so ultimately, with Miller Meeks, the right person's there. Cindy Axney showed her colors. And you just wait. Miller Meeks doesn't know how to say, how to say uh, <laughs> I give. She's going to come back again. And I predict a landslide of at least... Nine votes. Uh, at least nine vote. another third. She's another gonna third. win. I don't care if it's one vote. We just need that lady in the Oh in well the I agree house. with you. I agree with you. Well listen, you guys did a whale of a job. I think it doesn't it, it certainly hasn't gone unnoticed on the national level how well you all are doing in Iowa. And I know that President Trump has been a, a big fan. I saw a couple of weeks ago he called you personally. How is that? Oh uh, surreal. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a history professor by trade for 32 years, and I got to tell you whether you know whether it's talking to the president of the United States. Almost, you have to honestly. He is so disarming. He is so regular. He, honest to goodness, I kind of like. What do you mean? He's a blue collar billionaire. He is. Uh, that that name fits him, but whether it's that or whether it's riding in his in the limo or whether it's meeting with him in the Oval Office, he is actually like talking. So I got to it. Let's let, let, hold on. We, we're not going to fly past riding with him in the limo because that's not something everybody does. Every people get to see him in the Oval. They see him at events. You rode in the Beast. Uh, I got, he he invited me. Asked if I needed a ride from the airport. <laughs> 
I didn't even know what to say. Uh, so he says, get in the beast. So I walk over there, got to pass, uh, you know, Bruno, the you know the guy that's got arms on him, like as big around as my thighs, looking like he's going to shoot me if I move. The president said, let me in. First thing he points out to me, I, he says, see how thick those windows are. And so just go ahead and tap them, tap them. So I just very lightly tap on the window. No, no, no. He says, really tap them. So I, you were so testing, I said, oh, yeah, I you're testing the thickness of the window oh, on the yeah, motorcade. Oh, He says, isn't that something? Bullet can't even come through that. Oh, thank God, because there were some angry people on the outside. <laughs> one young lady was out, just what's outside. And you know, here's the other thing about President Trump. He tries to give everybody that's lined along that street their moment. That's a big, that's something you tell your grandkids. I met, I, my eyes met the president of the United States. So he's waving and as he's talking to us, his priority was giving as many people their moment as possible. We went by one young lady. And again, she's a, yeah, that that looks more Martian than American, but she's, she's out there and she's just, just the most foulest filthiest language you can think of, screaming and yelling. Something, honest to goodness, as chair of the party, I would have never done to a Barack Obama. Yeah. You know, I would have, at least there would have been some modicum of respect for the audience. But she's screaming and screaming. So he catches her eye and is waving at her. Not in a smart aleck way, and she just goes livid and screaming. So he turns to me when she's done and just screaming these obscenities we couldn't hear, but we could see by the movement of her mouth. <laughs> he looks at me and says, she loves me. <laughs> it, was, it was just one of those. And then he goes back to talking about tariff policy, ethanol policy, uh, remembered several of the towns in Iowa that he had to win. Uh, if every, I really truly believe this, if every American that was open, that, you know, I'm not talking about the insane progressives, but every American that would at least give him a chance, yeah. if everybody could have had that moment, I will guarantee you that uh, he would have won this last election. He, it wouldn't even have been a debate as to as to that. So Democrats couldn't even have cheated their way out of it. Yeah, and uh, he really is. I just hope people realize the 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 common man that we had in that Oval Office. I was. It's it's been a. I'm humbled to have ever had that experience. No, it's a great experience. A great story too. I love knocking on the glass of the motorcade. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm sure the Secret Service really appreciated that. I did way. ask him. I said, "Do you mind if I take a picture?" And he just says, no. And I mean, it was the kind of no, like what my mother-in-law said, if I could marry your daughter. And I did anyway, because she loved me. I mean, you're looking at me, guys. You know what? She's marrying me. But uh, in that particular case, that guy, I mean, he had a, not only did he have a weapon, he had arms on him. I already established. You didn't want to take a beating right there in the, in the no, beast. No, no, not so. I, I, you know, I do have somewhat of an ego, so I didn't want that to happen. You can't get out of the beast all beaten up, right? Or at least if you do, you got to give Trump the credit. Absolutely. <laughs> God bless him. So let's talk a little bit about the future. I understand you got a big job uh, within the RNC of sort of overseeing, you know, what ultimately is going to be a primary calendar in some ways or working with the committee to do so. Very smart, I might add, from the, the chairwoman of the RNC to look to Iowa to help provide leadership in that regard. Uh, that's good politics, if nothing else, internally. What is your view? How how is this? Are we going to see any big changes? Or you think you think we're we're we've done this right? Obviously, I've got a, an interest in that. You have a dog in the fight, and I talk regularly uh, to New Hampshire and to Nevada and to South Carolina. At this point, I don't see any organized push. The committee that I'm on, that I'm the chair of, uh, is going to set is going to give recommendations to set that calendar. And uh, at this point, I think we're making the argument that if we're really, and I, I'm really passionate about this, if, if we're going to look a fifth grader in the eye 
And we're going to actually mean it when we say someday you can be president of the United States. We can't start in California. We can't start in Texas. No, we got to start God, in a no. place in Iowa where you can look everybody in the eye. As long as we preserve a place like Iowa or New Hampshire, where you actually have to run through the gauntlet, you actually have to look somebody in the eye and sometimes actually be harassed in front of a whole lot of people, uh, hopefully in a civil way. In that particular case, we can still look those kids in the eye and say, you can be president. I call it, the, even though he's a Democrat, I call it the, the Jimmy Carter phenomenon, where you can come from nowhere and end up being president of the United States. Now, hopefully a better one than Jimmy Carter was, right. but you can still be president of the United States. So I feel really good about that. I would correct you on one thing, though. I think it's important. Correct. I think uh, Chairwoman McDaniel, who is, by the way, is just doing a fantastic job on election integrity, which is, uh, I'll bet you I heard the word election integrity at least 20, 30 times when I was in Nashville last week. But I think she chose me primarily because of my looks, to be honest. With you. <laughs> no, there, are, there, are a lot, there are a lot of undecided suburban female voters out there, and I really see this balding, middle-aged guy with a gut. I am the secret weapon. I feel like, Jeff, I feel like maybe a national ad campaign is in the works. I think we should get that going. As long as it's from the neck up and you don't show my bald spot, I think I'm ready to go. Channing Tatum Sr., here I am. I love it. I love it. (laughs) All right, so we're going to go to the fair tomorrow. Okay. And I'm going to eat some stuff. I'm going to eat a lot of stuff. Um, Do you have any tips off the top of your head? Like, what should I be looking at? Do not worry. Do not think. Do not say the word cholesterol. Oh, no. You're going to blow any regimen that you're on and forget it and enjoy it. I don't have it. Yeah, that's good. It's bad for you, and it is so good. I mean, it's absolutely (laughs) delicious. So uh, that's one of them. Second thing is take your time and, and go over into some of the areas like where they're where they're showing rabbits some of the the areas you might not necessarily see when you're yeah. in Washington DC I mean, don't go to the, the play swamp because you see that all the time out there right but go to where where they're showing the rabbits go into where they're uh, showing the newest in uh, in chisel plows right. and just go up beside some of those individuals that are there you're gonna go get, talk to them you're yeah. gonna get to talk to them, and they will talk to you remember we're first in the nation they're used to having to talk on caucus night and just get a read on where they're on. I'm telling you, you're going to walk away from there impressed by how you're treated, yeah. impressed by the friendliness. But I hope you're impressed that you we're in the right state to at least get everything started out in terms of. Ah, oh, yeah, you're just preaching people. to the choir. You know, I feel like he did his homework and you realize he's talking to a couple of Midwesterners here, right? I, I'm from Minnesota originally, so everything you're saying is like right up my alley. I thought there was something special about you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so I got three big questions okay. that we do for everybody. All right. And this one, this is like what By they the care. Way, thanks for briefing me on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, we'll see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> no, he didn't tell me about that. He says you can be funny, but watch what you say. Yeah. That's, uh, that's basically, I pay you? the kid $50,000 a year, and that's what I think you can be funny and watch what you do. Well, thank you, Einstein, for that. Going may, the may the record show the defendant is pointing to his counsel. <laughs> All right, now these aren't too bad. The first one is, Jeff Kaufman, your last meal on earth, what would it be? Two things. I, I definitely have my, uh, my mom's graham cracker pudding. Oh, yeah, there uh, you go. Because I know if it's my last day on earth, I'm just about ready to see her again, and I want to taste her graham cracker pudding and get ready to, to see the, I like the that. homecoming. So that's more like of a that. sentimental, serious thing. Um, the other, oh, near corn. 
Yeah, yeah. Court. I got to take because that's going to get stuck in your teeth, yeah. uh, and I'll carry that into eternity. And I'm always going to think of Iowa because I'm going to have a piece of corn right in between my two eye teeth. <laughs> All right, so you go to the pudding, you go with the corn. Jeff's your last day on earth. You don't have to worry about a darn thing. You want a T-bone or something? I tell you, corn on the cob. Just the Bob, corn. You haven't tasted my mom's graham cracker pudding. Oh, I got to yeah. tell you, it's it's absolutely terrific. Okay. All right. No, I'll take you up on that. And there, I will say, Iowa corn, terrific. Terrific. I'm going to eat a lot of that tomorrow. All right. So you get, you get, you pass question okay. one. All right. All right. No thanks to my comms guy, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so question two is if you never got into this, if you never got into politics at all, and you had no intersection with politics, you just kind of like cast your life in an entirely different direction. What do you think you'd be doing with it? Probably what I plan to do when I'm done with politics, and okay. that is kickstart my modeling career. Um, <laughs> I remember the secret weapon to the summer? Yeah, no. Yes, I, yes. I'm not going to do that. I like to eat and actually earn an income. No, what I, what I do in my regular, this, this is technically a part-time job as chair of the party, and I'm a, a history professor uh, at a small college in Muscatine. I would love to devote more time to that. I'm one of those history professors, even though I have a strong political opinion, my conservative views are just as strong as some of these progressive nitwits that, that with the PhD, yeah. piled higher and deeper, by the way we call that. Yeah. And, uh, but I am, I, I would tell you one thing, I am fair. I'm objective. Yeah. Um, I probably had more kids. History used to be that way, by the way. It used to be that way. In Kaufman's class, it still is. That's great. And you know what? These young people of today, that's why I still have a lot of, I, you know, I see some of these knuckleheads tearing down these statues. Yeah. Uh, but I see a lot of kids that if given a chance for some unfiltered fact, will still go in the right direction. So I'd like to spend more time with my teaching. Ah, and teaching great. it right without bias. I can't tell you how refreshing it is to hear a bona fide conservative say he wants to teach somebody. I like to hear that because we need a lot more of them. Frankly, we need to inspire a whole different generation to get into that line of work or else we're going to be a huge problem for years to come. Amen. Uh, third question. This one gets a little tricky. All right. Cuts to the bone, really, okay. if you think about it. So what motivates you more? The thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. And let me explain it just for a minute. So the thrill of victory is like the glass half full guy who just, you know, they're just cruising for victory, accomplishment. They just eye on the prize type people. Second people are like Michael Jordan, right? Where every day it's just this agony of if somebody beats me, I can't live with myself, right? And I, we found through doing this show it's kind of an even split. There's an awful lot of people that do that fall into one of those two categories. And it kind of gives you a little flavor for who they are in a way that you wouldn't ordinarily notice. I think, and, and, and the question is, which I, which one? Yeah, are you a thrill of victory, agony of defeat guy? You know what? I, I actually think I'm an agony of defeat guy. And, and for a couple of reasons. One, I don't know a successful person, and you know, as a professor of history, I've, I've, you know, I've read about a whole lot of them that did not have some significant downturn or defeat in their life, yeah. and that that didn't make them a better person. Abraham Lincoln lost three elections. That's right. Um, so I, 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 I believe that out of defeat, you can get gross. Sometimes out of the thrill of victory, you can get complacent. Yeah. Um, so I think that, and then also, you know, all of us that are in the game of politics, we got, you probably noticed, uh, I've got a little bit of an ego. Everybody's got a little bit of an ego. I think it motivates you to make sure that, uh, you're going to continue to, to, to be able to look yourself in the mirror, not necessarily to say I'm, I'm, I'm undefeated, 
you're going to look yourself in the mirror and say that I've done every single possible go. thing I could do. So, no, I, agony and defeat, but for your listeners out there, I'm, I'm, I'm an old guy of 58. I'm telling you, I promise you that I have never, in all of my reading of history, in my decades and decades of Iowa politics, whether it's at, at, a, at a presidential level or all the way to a city council, I have never seen someone defeated so badly that they can't pick themselves up and make a difference. Yeah. That's what motivates well, That's a good message. That's a really good message. Kaufman, what a pleasure. This has been great, guys. This I, is I, awesome. I, I enjoyed this. I truly, I, I mean, this is not fake. I, 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 I really enjoyed this. I want, I want to come back and do this again. Will you give us updates throughout the next couple of years so we can check in on Iowa and see how things are going? Absolutely. And I can promise you this. If you are out here anytime around caucus time, oh, yeah. uh, they're priority. We'll talk to you right on the cusp. Awesome. And I'll say some little nugget, and I'll let you know how I'm doing, you know, the secret weapon to the suburbs. Oh, I love it. I want to, yeah, we got to get shirtless picks, too, because we got the national ad campaign going. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, time to get the lint out of the belly button. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Iowa Republican Chairman Jeff Kaufman, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you, guys. All right, welcome back to the program. We got a... Uh, a really interesting guy here. He's the Senate Majority Leader in the Iowa State Senate. Yes. Uh, Jack Whitford. Welcome, Bob. Happy to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Listen, so an interesting fun fact that I just heard. So you were a receiver at Iowa State. I was. What years? 99 through 03. So okay. A lifetime ago. How were those teams? You know, Iowa State traditionally was really bad. And right. from 98 through about 03 is when we kind of turn the corner to get, you know, start building the program. So we went to three bowl games in four years. So we, nice. we, got, the, we got the ball rolling. Nice. Got it rolling. The Cyclones just saddled up Jack Whitmer and, <laughs> and got themselves the three three straight bowls, huh? It, but not what we are now. We're number seven or eight in the country right now, preseason. So no kidding. A lot of excitement, yeah. That's great. I love it. Well, listen, man, um, really nice to meet you. The people of Iowa are terrific, as you know. I love they it. They are, yes. I love it. First uh, time at the fair? First time at this particular fair. So I'm from Minnesota, This is right? the only fair that matters, right? Well, you know. It yeah, is the big one. It's bit, the big but, one. But it's a great fair. Yeah. And more importantly, the people here are just terrific. Yeah. We've just had a blast with it. No, we're very proud of our fair here, if you haven't noticed. Totally. <laughs> so, all right. So we had some federal perspective earlier. Yeah. And um, we were talking Afghanistan and everything else. But there's a lot of things that happen locally that animate state legislatures that ultimately drive a lot of political interest when it matters. Yeah. Right? So give us a little window of what's happening in Iowa on the ground. Well, you know, things are great here in Iowa, um, especially for the Republican Party and, and the leadership that we have here. But, you know, for a long time, we were a swing state. You go red, go blue, split legislature. Uh, but in 2016 election, we picked up the Republican trifecta for the first time in over 20 years. Right. And mm. so from there, um, it was my job, our job, to make sure that we were keeping our promises and actually do what we said we were going to do right. uh, to get that trifecta. So we have uh, now have five years of the trifecta going on, our six next year. And uh, our goal is to keep doing what we've been doing, keep putting Iowa, uh, one of the best states in the country, and keep that trifecta. I love it, man. All right, so Senate Majority Leader. I mean, I, I spent a fair amount of time in the U.S. Senate uh, as Chief of Staff for Mitch McConnell. I can tell you how hard that job was at a federal level. Yeah. I feel like it's just as hard in every state. Like, 
basically everyone around you is sort of looking in the mirror and thinking they're the man. Yeah. Right. But your job is to try to get everybody on the same page with everything. Yeah. More than more than policy for me, it's it's about leadership and trying to keep our people motivated, uh, keep them happy, um, make sure we're delivering on what um, our members want back home, and and it really just keep a team and build a team. And so that's why we've been successful in the Iowa Senate is we have a group of people. I always say this: they can't. They ran for office to do something, not be somebody. That's that's right. And there's a whole that's political good. class of people that ran for office to be somebody. They want to go to the cocktail party. They want the good office. They want a business card. Um, that's not who we recruit to run. That's not who is in that's, our in our caucus. I love so, this guy. That oh, was yeah. great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but it makes all the difference in the world. You know, when they're here to do something, it um, it makes my job a lot easier. Man, are you speaking my language? That's I mean, it. that's that is the bottom line. It it is about. I'm not surprised that you played football. Some of the best leaders that we have have come out of sports, right? Because it's a team a yeah. team game. Ultimately, it's innate. You understand that. You spent your entire life doing it. You get to the state center, you still understand it's a team game. Yeah, and then the other thing that I think has made us successful in Iowa is, you know, there's states all across the country with a trifecta, whether it's Republican trifecta or Democrat. Almost every state yeah. um, has control. One party has control. Um, but most states, they start fighting with each other. And they let egos get in the way, and you know someone wants to go out further and be the most conservative champion or whatever, and they start fighting, and they don't get anything done. And what we've tried to do over five years is certainly we don't agree on everything, and certainly we all have our own ambition, but at the end of the day, if we're not getting stuff done, nobody's successful. And so that, exactly. that's bigger than anything. Yeah, totally. I mean, so look, what are the challenges now? Clearly the economy has not done what we needed it to do. All of the federal stimulus that's run down, everything from the checks to the enhanced unemployment, making job creation tougher. You guys have a little reprieve from that here in Iowa because of really strong conservative governance, honestly. But you got to feel some of it. Oh, for sure. I mean, the, the number one challenge, and this is in Iowa, this is all over the country, is workforce. We don't have enough people right. to, to fill jobs. You know, I was on uh, in Colorado a couple weeks ago, went to Subway at noon on a Sunday. It's closed all weekend. The science says we're closed Saturday and Sunday. It's like incredible. That 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 can't work long term. And so um, it's not just getting more people into the workforce. It's matching their their skills with the jobs that are open. But when you're at three percent unemployment like we are in Iowa, um, it really hampers wow. growth. Everyone wants to grow. We totally. did, we don't have the bodies to do so. Do you guys are are you feeling some of the the innate pressures that we've had in other states where? You've got a whole segment of the population that was laid off during the, the early onset of COVID who've not made their way back into the workforce in large part because the federal benefits have been just as generous as whatever they were making. Is that is that a problem here at all? I, I think it initially is, is part of the problem. We we got rid of the enhanced unemployment yeah, the first that, day. That I think we're the very first state to, to end that. Uh, that helps, but you know it's a very, it's it's a whole bunch of things. Re- people that were on the edge of retirement, that COVID hit, then they just retire maybe a year early. They yeah. stop working, or or um, you know, it's just difficult. I mean, we need more people in the workforce. Period. And and um, you know, there's childcare issues, there's housing issues in rural Iowa. Not enough housing for businesses to to bring in new employees. So it's a whole bunch of things. But overall, these are good issues to have. I mean, we're running huge surpluses. Um, our our budget has been balanced for five years now. And <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> You know, it, it's different than obviously the federal level, but so these are good problems different. to have. But but they're problems. Yeah. And, you know, you talk to a business owner, and the in the the decision to grow isn't can I sell my product or can I make profit? Is can I find the workers to help me? Yeah. That's the that's the the dilemma now. That is a good problem to have. You think you would think at this point that everybody would take a look around and, at a red state and the governance in a red state? Versus, Be like, oh boy, they, they they got something that's working. You know, like we we talked to Gianforte. 
We talked to Abbott. We've talked to a number of governors, red state governors, and, uh, and like everything's going kind of well, right? And then you look at like the Illinois, right? Right, and New like, York. Yeah, I mean, all these blue states with California. huge budget problems, yep. right? Massive workforce issues, as you've talked about, but like almost uncurable in many ways. They have taxes through the roof. California banning Iowa pork. That's right. I, mean, it's like, I just had a pork pork on a stick. Yes. Incredible. We got pork chop on a stick. If you ban that, you're committing an atrocity. Yeah. Yes. That's a, that is a crime. That is a crime. But you it might be the point they finally revolt in California, right? <laughs> yes. When there's no bacon or sausage if in the morning. you're not going to fight for the Maybe bacon, Maybe that will folks. wake them up, right? <laughs> have you guys had to talk about that at all in the state Senate? Like, is there any way, any recourse you have from a state level to try to figure out how to get California to back down? Or is there nothing uh, you can do? I think there's a lot of people trying to figure out how to save California. And certainly we don't have that That's answer. That's not your job. But, yeah. but, you know, it's a huge problem for our pork industry That's right now. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Because only about, I think it's about 4% of the, the pork produced in America is compliant with that California law. So yeah. I mean, wow. it, and the and the court, you know, it's been it's been to court. The court said it's the law. Too bad. Um, and so we're probably a year out from it really mattering. But you know, farmers will adapt. You know, the market will adapt. They might set aside parts that are California only in their in uh, you know on God, the farm or whatever. Sad. But but it's it is sad. Um, but you know, we'll adapt. Listen, I've got uh, unless smug, you want to jump yeah. in? You got something? So big question. The th- one of the things that I'm always fascinated about, because the, the, what Ruthless has illuminated for me is how much bench talent the Republican Party has, right? I mean, if you listen to the national media, they would have you believe that everybody's just sort of this knuckle-dragging idiot all across this country, just these clones who repeat the talking points or whatever. But we've done interviews with people all over the place, and we find out that not only is that not the case, we get people like you who are like real high-energy talent. That got into politics all the way one, down, all federal, state level. Like it's incredible. It's yeah. incredible to tell. So, what was it that got you an interest? Were you always interested in politics? No, I didn't grow up following politics at all. Yeah. I was football school. Um, that's about it. Um, after playing at I, well, during when I, when I was playing at Iowa State, um, I thought football mattered more than anything in the world. I right. was just kind of focused. And then um, 2001 hit. You know, we're about to play Iowa, our biggest game, and this is the game that everyone cares about in the state of Iowa, at least. And 9/11 hits on Tuesday or Wednesday, and then they cancel that game, cancel the season, and it's like, you know, a 20-year-old kid's like, wow, you, the world's a little bit bigger than bigger my than my focus here. And, and Iowa and Iowa State play this year yeah. on 9/11. Oh, do they? Yeah. Yeah. You, you are right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. So that kind of opened my eyes to, you know, there's a much bigger world than your football thing you're doing, and. Um, but then I, you know, went back and had a couple more years playing football. And then it was after that that I started to get interested in politics. And, and really the final straw was, frankly, we had a Democrat trifecta here in Iowa. Yep. You know, 15, 20, or 20 years ago, 15 years ago, we had a Democrat trifecta. And they were running the state into the ground. And it was just one of those things, like, we can do better and we have to do better. And somebody has to be willing to step up and do it. No and kidding. So a little bit of night, uh, you know, so when you're very out naive, but just got in to try to make a difference. Yeah, well, it's, and you have. I mean, is that part of your recruiting basically here you're just trying to find high quality individuals that haven't necessarily been motivated by politics their entire life but they have this public service component yeah they love the state they want to do yeah. right and they're generally people that are successful in whatever um other area of life they're in whether it's farming whether it's in banking whether it's you know you name it um they're successful there and they they come like i said to get things done they, they yeah. see a, an opportunity to help and and that's how you know we've been able to build a great team is, is successful people that want to make Iowa better. So the, the number one sign of a healthy party within a state is what you've just described and also how they graduate people up the line. Right. right? Because what I've seen from Iowa, like Joni Ernst, 
we had Ashley Hinson on yeah. right before, both st- served in the state legislature, now incredible leaders at the federal level. It's this bench talent that just keeps popping up every single time the, the bell needs to be answered. Yeah. You guys do it. Yeah. I, I got to imagine that that comes from just incredible recruiting at a local level to just find people to stay interested in the party. Yeah, and and make it worth it for them. You know, yeah. we don't we don't make a huge salary. They're away from their family, so like I said, when they come to the capital, they want to make sure they're doing something and they're getting value for for the time and effort they they spend. You know, if we come down and say, oh, we're just going to do a budget, we're going to go home and you know move on to next year. You know, I've never met a, a door knocker or a volunteer that says, I hope you guys just get elected so you can do nothing. You know, totally. Our people want to do stuff, and and that keeps them motivated, keep them coming back, and and makes other people want to join us. And you but can, you we can, certainly have a ton of talent. You know, you know, Ashley Henson's moved up, Joni's moved up, Randy Feenstra was in our caucus yeah. last year, uh, moved up into the congressional's Marionette Miller Meeks yeah, uh, was right. in our Senate caucus last year. And that's so, right. Um, yeah, it's we have really great people, but they they want to do good. Yeah, that's what it really comes down to. Well, listen, it's a huge contrast. We, we we look at the entire country, and we look at like a state like Arizona, who had the same senators for a long time. You know, and and they just never built a bench. And so ultimately, when openings come up. Everybody's looking around. Yep. Right. Right. I always got the opposite of that problem. You yep. guys have done such a great job. I got to imagine, Jack, it's in, in large part because of your leadership. So thanks for doing it. Kudos to that. No, I appreciate it. You know, really, I think the, the turning point in Iowa, you don't build a bench quickly, right? I mean, to go from a Democrat trifecta uh, 15 years ago, yeah. you know, with a trifecta, there's not a lot. There's not a big bench there. That's why you're in the trifecta <laughs> right. or in the minority of the trifecta. But um, Brett Cook, um, Terry Branstead ran for governor again and kind of took control of the party back, started us down that path of getting the House then, working to get the Senate. And, you know, 10 years later, we're in the strongest position we've probably ever been in as a, at the state level as a Republican Party. Um, you know, Trump won here by eight or nine points. Yeah. And, and, you know, in 2018, it was a blood. You guys remember 2018. It, it was, was a tough. bloodbath for Republicans yeah. in the Iowa Senate. We picked up three seats. That's we're, awesome. we're one of the few, right. maybe the only chamber in the country that picked up seats. But um, again, it's doing what you say you're going to do. Keep your promises and, and just keep doing the right thing. I love it, Jack. I got three questions for you. All got right? it. Yep. Your last meal on earth. What would it be? Um, probably barbecue ribs. Yeah. And it's not just because we're at the rib shack, but <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. That's a great answer. Any speci- specificity to it or any rib? Baby back. Yeah. Baby back? Yeah, pork. Yeah. Okay. All right. Second question. If you never got into this, you never got into public service at all, you were never a state senator, what do you think you'd be doing with your life? I would love to be a football coach. I actually was a football coach. Yes. For, oh, okay. um, coached at the college level for a couple of years. Coach arena football for the Iowa Barnstormers Did you really? for about five years. Um, I would love to do that. Uh, that's a tough life, too, but um, I, tur- I took the turn for the low-paying job. I so. tell everyone <laughs> there are only two professions in the world where everyone watching thinks they can do it better yeah. than the professionals, professional football and politics. Yeah, I must have, I must have some kind of defect. Those are the two that I like. <laughs> so good choice, pal. <laughs> All right, third question. What, mo- what motivates Jack Whippermore? The thrill of victory or the agony of defeat? Agony of defeat. There you go. I knew mm-hmm. you were going to be an agony, agony of defeat, defeat guy. He's a sports guy. Yeah, sports he's guy. felt he's felt what it, it feels like to lose yeah. and that agony, and, and it drives it. you to never want that feeling yeah. again. Defeat is always so much more painful than yeah. the joy you get from winning. Yeah. You know? Yes. <laughs> I spent but. about 10 seconds enjoying a win. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> like, like endless years lamenting anybody that can pull one over on you, right? Yep, exactly. Well, look, you're a great guy. I really appreciate you spending Thanks some time with me. us yeah, today. Uh, Jack Whip for everyone. Yep. Yeah. Thank you.
Nobody knows. It's too long. I mean, I know the people love it. I know I you don't understand it. He hates it because it's long. Yeah, it should just be three times. That's it. Yeah, no, that's quick. nonsense. The people demanded that it was long. That's the thing. Is like last night at the at the at, at the happy hour at the mini meetup, I had like ten people roll up and like the long version is farce. No, that's just no, fake no, news. No, 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 complete no, fake news. The the, they all told me the long version is the one they prefer. Yes, yes, that's yes, hundred yes. percent true. And you come to the Iowa State Fair, you give the people what they want. That's, that's right. Right. That's right. If it's not bad, it's not good. You nail That's it or you're it gone. You nail it or you're gone. Yes. I love it. All right. So, listen, this is kind of a grand finale. We're going to do Demer Journo the way it's supposed to be. I don't even have any idea what our genre is today. It's a dunce. What are we dealing with? Uh, well, I thought it was apropos having talked to this wonderful governor, yep. uh, Kim Reynolds, here in Iowa, who's figured out how to get people um, you know, back to work and keep the state open and put kids in schools that we talk about some uh some covid governors sort of stuff you know so so everything sort of themed on that okay all right okay and and remind everyone of the rules i will remind the listeners the rules i've got four statements to read here three of which um are from the media and one is from a dem operative (laughs) nobody knows and nobody knows nobody (laughs) knows which is which Smug, are you sure you know the rules this time? I do. We got three journals, one dem. Let's roll. We always okay. got to check to make okay. sure Smug knows the rules. Okay. Okay. So statement number one, uh, and this is uh, this is about Texas and the, the governor in Texas. Abbott bans mask mandates and vaccine mandates for everyone else, but he'll reportedly protect himself with a booster dose. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I mean, yeah, I, I got I, I, for okay. me. That's a journal. Like, good God! I think probably. I think I think so. Do, we're holding it right, right? Don't we hold it until the end to give our? We're holding it right to the end. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's okay. statement number one. I'm going to read it one more time. Abbott bans mask mandates and vaccine mandates for everyone else, but he'll reportedly protect himself with a boost, booster dose. Okay. That's okay. statement number one. I think one. I know where that is. Yep. Statement number two. Abbott has already received a booster shot. You can bet DeSantis has two. And now Abbott, like Trump and Chris Christie, is receiving Regeneron's mono, monoclonal <laughs> antibody treatment in violation of the EUA. <laughs> what? Come on. That feels a little specific. It's, I mean, I think I know where I'm going on that, too. Okay. okay. Statement number three. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, DeSantis, who has been criticized for opposing mask mandates, is now touting a COVID-19 antibody treatment in which a top donor's company has invested oh, yeah, millions of dollars. <laughs> okay. All right. And statement number four. Oh gosh! <laughs> Ooh, more trouble. 
why? Watch what they do, not what they say. Republicans are perfectly willing to let their constituents die pushing anti-mask and anti-vax rhetoric. So, boy, this is a tough one for me, honestly. Honestly. Uh, That last one and the second one to me sounded like such operative talk. One and three for me sound like your standard journo, just like cheerleading for Dems, going after Republicans. One and three for me seemed like standard the sad state of journalism today. Well, there was that... Two was like, okay, this person's like really yeah. like either obsessed. Or they're, it's like way too in the weeds for me for like thinking a journo. Gotta be a journo because they overthink. But but remember when we... Four is so out of control. When we talked to uh, Tucker, remember when we had Tucker Carlson on? He made, a great, on, point, great he made a great point is that there's a certain shameless. type of take where only a journalist would be that shameless. Yeah. yeah. Even worse than an operative would be. Mm-hmm. Because they're so desperate for the approval of these Democrats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm thinking for two. And, and and honestly, I'm thinking that for one as well. I mean, look, I can't. Here's the problem. I can't wrap my mind around a world where number four is not inoperative. I can't. I just like that. It just seems impossible to me. Can you reread force where everybody gets a, a flavor of what I'm talking about here? Watch what they do, not what they say. Republicans are perfectly willing to let their constituents die, pushing anti-max and anti-vax rhetoric. Yeah, see, so my guess is four as well. Gosh, I hope I gotta say, operative is is four. I, I just, I think it's because like uh, uh, the other ones are trying to go like half-assed at it, but being like Republicans are happy to let their constituents die. I think they know they would get like a ratio because that's the only thing that a journal fears in this life is getting ratio. That's right. Well, Slug, you're an administer of that practice. Right? Absolute coward. The only way they learn. Absolute coward. Administration of it. All right. So let's get the cover off the uh, the bow off the present and see what we got. It inside. is in fact four. Okay. Yeah. All right. It is in fact okay, four. That, I mean, but the thing is, is that those first three were completely ridiculous. Nonsense. Of course. Completely Nonsense. ridiculous. Yeah. But like, die. You can't. That's yeah. Journal See, that's the thing. Is they can't. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like some of them will get there. No, no, they will get there with, the, with in meaning. Right. But they'll say like the mortality rate of right. the. Yeah. You right. know, it's got to like they got to class it up a little. Right. You know, is that a pull truck? What is that? Tractor. I don't know if we got. Tractor that's the tractor trailers. Tractor pull. Wow. Oh, cats! I'm definitely going down Maybe. there. That I don't know. Awesome. For our listeners, I don't know if you can hear this in the background. But the tractor pull is going on here at the Iowa State Fair, and it sounds incredible. <laughs> it sounds incredible. This is it sounds terrific ambiance. Hell of a day so far. Well, listen, guys. I mean, this has been, in terms, I don't know what expectations were for our first live event. I, this has exceeded all expectations. Everybody here is just absolutely yeah. incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Yeah, yeah. folks come from Thank across you for the being country. Awesome. Oh, we love it. We love it. Smug, I think you're going to have to sign us out of our very first Ruthless Live. Yeah, when's it? When, when do you guys sign out? I think we're going to come back uh, Thursday. Let's no, no, no. Th- let's just say next week because we may have some surprises. All right, let's do that. So, until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you next week. Stay ruthless. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, everybody. Thank, Thank you. you. That was amazing. Wow. This is fun. Yeah.